Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. All right. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited about today's episode. We're talking about, you know, a fantastic franchise, uh, Alien and Aliens. You know, we haven't done these yet, really. Yes, the singular Um, and the plural. Right. We did... we did the thing from another world, which was just an excuse to kind of talk a little bit about Alien. <laughs> yeah, but now in. we can go deep. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm very excited to welcome, we are very excited to welcome, I should say. Um, I'm not excited. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be either. It's all right. It's all good. Frequent Fright School listener, right? I hope, maybe. I don't know. Every episode. <laughs> Every episode. <laughs> but more importantly, Alien franchise super fan Daniel, we welcome you to the show. Yeah. Hi. Hello. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Oh my gosh. We had such a good time uh, today. We uh, we did a double feature. We did. We did a double feature. Did I mess feature. something up? I had to turn it down. It was. Yes. So we had a really great time today uh, doing all the alien, aliens, singular <laughs> in the plural. Um <laughs> We went to uh, Fathom Events uh, through AMC. Had a sh- in honor of the 40th anniversary of the release of Alien. Um, went and saw it on the big screen, which yeah. which was great because I was as I was telling Daniel earlier, I have seen this before prior to Fright School, and when I did see it, it was here at the library, <laughs> and it was late <laughs> at the Loch Ness, at the Loch living Narnes, room, the living room, <laughs> and it was. Uh, it was late, and I was tired, and I don't remember. So it was like I saw it for the first time today. Yeah. And you actually, Daniel, reached out with this. You were like, hey, they're showing Alien. We should yeah, go. Yeah, I just, um, I was at the movie theater one day watching some other film. I can't recall. I think it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And uh, as I was walking out the theater, I saw the the sign uh, for Fathom Events to do a 40th anniversary uh, deal with uh, with Alien. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Now, I've already seen Alien once before on the big screen. Uh, they... Uh, like I think three or four years back, they were doing it at a at an arc light in Pasadena of all places. So I'm like, I'd never seen Alien on the big screen prior to that. So I was just like, yeah, I need to I need to check that out for sure because that's a bucket list item. Um, 
Was there so, anything special about the screening? Anybody there? Nope, or they was, just decided to show it. Oh God, I, I don't know what the premise was okay. behind it. Um, I'm sure there was some significance, but uh, no, I just they didn't do it like how Fathom Events kind of did a, a little pre-show uh, rundown of the movie and yeah. all that. That that didn't happen. It was just straight to the film. Huh. But uh, it was it was good to see it for sure on the on the big screen. I was kind of hoping to see the director's cut, but they went with theatrical, of course. So. For Alien, there's for a, Alien, there's a director's yeah. cut of Alien. There is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, which I feel like as I may have that may have been what I showed you because that's my preference is definitely the director's cut as well for both movies for yeah. sure oh yeah yeah but for today for all intents and purposes for today we're going to discuss the um, theatrically the released. theatrical cuts as best we can although I feel like we'll both probably get off track on some of the we stuff we will definitely that gets, have to talk about the director's that gets deleted uh, implementation <laughs> of, you know the, the scenes that were cut for yeah. sure yeah um, but yeah, I'd never seen it on the big screen either. So that was actually very exciting. Um, and to, I mean, it looked beautiful. It still holds up the, again, talking about alien. Um, I, I, cause I was sort of worried about seeing it really large just, you know, because they do use miniatures in it and you know, it is 40 years old. So you think like some of it, it might look a little, I don't know. I just thought maybe it would look a little worse for wear, but it didn't, it was beautiful. I think opinion. they remastered it very well. Yeah. Um, I thought that I, I was like, wow, this, I was like, this really holds up. I'm, I'm in, I was enjoying the experience and I didn't feel that it was too dated. Yeah, um, not at all. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it could definitely still, it's still a very, um, I don't know. Cause like, even though it's a space theme, even though, you know, it's sci-fi and it takes place in space, you know, there, you can have like old space, like it's still, you can have that nostalgic element of like, say, even though it's supposed to be in the future, I know that it's like technically the past, so you know we can, we can, but it's still futuristic. Oh, you mean of like thinking what space looked like forty years ago? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what, their conception and... of what space looked like forty years ago, but it's still above what we would conceive of today, right? So, right, and <laughs> a lot of that also what you saw is is intentionally done as the aesthetic for Alien, just the grungy, worn, yeah. dated. You know, old beat up spaceship, old beat up sort of cosmonauty. Yeah, so their their aim um, that uh, that uh, Ridley Scott was going for was truck drivers in space. That was yeah. a theme that continuously was talked about. And you know, if you watch the documentaries, um, yeah. So he, they were looking for a real lived in grungy, we're w- working class. You yeah, know, exactly. You know, time of the seventies sort of thing. Um, that's what they were they were going for. Yeah, absolutely, and it shows. I, 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 um, I, I really appreciate that element of it, you know, which again, again, plays really uh, strongly into the story because you know they're supposed to be just working class, where they're they're like mining ore or something, mm-hmm. you know, and just like raw materials. Yeah, just sort. transporting it back. It's like they're not really meant to be going off on planets looking for aliens. Yeah, um, it was or just are a- they? <laughs> What's that? It was just it was just a towing a towing vessel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it does. It definitely it just really holds up and I, that I just really was happy about. Like just seeing it that way um on the big screen. I was like, "Oh, this it just looks so good." I was just I was having such a good time. <laughs> I kept like poking Jeffrey next to me like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Anyways, um So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did um what did you think of seeing it like that, Joe? Um, and actually it, seeing the whole movie without falling asleep in it. <laughs> oh, it was good. I was just like, oh, it it's 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 interesting. The like, it wasn't my favorite of the two. So I'll just get that out of the way right now. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite of the two. 
Um, I thought that the first one was definitely more, was more horror, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I liked how, I can see why it won the Oscar for special effects, because I thought that the special effects were very intentional. Like they were, they, it was, everything was done. All of the things were not just done because let's do something cool. It was done to propel plot. And it wasn't, I didn't think it was like overwrought. Like they showed just enough at the points when they needed to. Um, and I think when, when we were looking at like the pre-show stuff coming through, it was just like they didn't, or someone was saying, I don't know, Daniel, maybe you were saying that he didn't want it to be, it, Ridley Scott didn't want it to be like a special effects space movie. He was looking for something that, um, he was looking for it to just be like a movie. And then there here are the storytelling elements, which, you know, happen to be like special effects, like the stuff with the, the stuff with the face hugger, all of, all of that. Like, it's just really beautiful how it gets worked in and, and it feels authentic to the world, which sometimes these things don't like, sometimes it just looks right. like, like for like the thing I didn't, I didn't like how the special effects in the thing are really cool, but I felt like a lot of it was just done for like a shock value, even though yes, it's, it magnifies the monstrosity and the horror right, of what's the body, happening. body horror, and the body all. horror of it yeah. all. But I feel like in, alien it's done it's done with this like it needs it has the heavy hand when it needs to and it was it was done i think more masterfully than maybe i lost some people just there <laughs> no i'm i'm listening i yeah, i'm with you no no, no but like my saying that alien better use of special effects than <laughs> but i mean practical effects both you know both places but well, no, you're you're perfect. You're, I mean, you're you're correct in in that um, the alien itself. Uh, I mean, it was a creature designed to be uh, an actual. You know, like some. Uh, it made sense. Everything that happened with that creature made sense. Like like you said with the thing, uh, a lot of what happened was just for shock value, just for how twisted and how messed up can we can we make this movie to to shock our audience? But with this, it's it's the horror of of uh, of a person who is essentially violated by yeah. this creature, mm-hmm. right. and that 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 was also a a thing that both the uh, the writer Walter Hill and um and uh, or was it Hill or no? Uh, O'Bannon. O'Bannon, thank you, yeah. Dan O'Bannon, O'Bannon and Ron Shusett when they when they created this, uh, Shusett had a thing for uh like he had a thing for insects that that could like basically penetrate something and lay its seed in it and then have, you know, the, 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 the offspring come out of that creature in a horrific way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, uh, O'Bannon, um, that's how he, he, he came up with the concept of a, of an alien systematically picking off, uh, you know, a wayward crew. Um, and, and, uh, so together when they came up with this, this story, uh, when they collaborated, they came up with the concept of the alien. And like I said, the creature, from facehugger to chestburster to full-blown xenomorph, it all makes sense why it does what it does, you know. Um, and it's not for shock value. It's just, it's, this is just a nasty, nasty animal. Yeah, they wanted to create something very organic. I mean, and that's reflected in, like, Giger, H.R. Giger's, like, designs that, you know, he was really thoughtful about how it would gestate, how it would grow, how it would change. Um, stuff about the... Um, the mist that covers the eggs and that it could be triggered. That's real. Like there are, there are, um, 
there's like flowers or something. They, they, it's on like one of the documentaries you may know better than I do, but they talk about like that kind of real life biological uh, defense mechanism or something, you know, mm-hmm. for protecting, you know, that they can, that, that it's, it's uh, a real kind of thing that they're pulling from, you know? So I, I do think that you're, you're right. Uh, when compared to the thing, <laughs> which is meant to be more, I think, uh, shocking and effects driven, literal out of this world. Like yeah. that was definitely a special effects movie. Um, yeah, where it, this is more like Jaws in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. I mean, they were very inspired, I think, by the way Jaws slowly unveils the creature or keeps it hidden, and mm-hmm. and it works so much to 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 make it even better, you know? Yeah. Cause there's like a bit of a slasher element to, to the, you know, the alien just kind of coming out and grabbing people and then, you know, going away, but, but more so like, like jaws, like something natural horror, you know, which we're mm-hmm. going to be exploring later. Um, this, uh, this year or next year, <laughs> whenever those episodes start coming out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that point. Yeah, it was it. And also just, it kind of mirrors a lot of like life cycles of different, I guess different, like if you think of like, mm-hmm. you think of butterfly, right? So it goes caterpillar to, you know, caterpillar to Chris, you know, the larva and the butterfly. Mm-hmm. It starts as this face hugger, but that's only just because it needs a, a way to implant the real embryo egg inside a living host. Mm-hmm. And then that thing dies, right? Cause I think that's what they say in they alien yeah. is mm-hmm. that it dies. And then once it's dead, um, the incubation happens and then, you know, it bursts out of the chest. And I thought that that was something that, um, what's the robot's name in the first one? Ash. 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 Yeah. That's something that Ash says in the, in the beginning. It's like, it's, it's, um, perfection is like matched by its hostility yeah, by its hostility. And it's just like, it's pure like anguish <laughs> and it's only like just to it, like a virus almost like it's just, it's just uh, virulent in how it spreads, but it's only, um, it's only purpose is to survive, survive. Yeah. And yeah. proliferate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To expand and survive. What does um, Bishop call himself in aliens? Uh, he prefers the term artificial human. Or person, artificial person. Oh Joe. yeah, artificial person, right. Robot. Not robot. Okay. In robot. respect for <laughs> the uh, pronouns and the uh, identities here, okay? Yeah, but I wasn't talking about Bishop, I was talking about Ash, so. Yeah, but still. <laughs> you can. Uh, so you call people in, in the past... Bad words, is that what you're saying? Yes, you can right. refer to you people. Miss, you miss, you yeah. misidentify people. Anyways. First of all, he did not identify himself. <laughs> they did not identify themselves. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, you want to know what I call you? <laughs> <laughs> Later. Um, <laughs> not in public, Joe. Uh, we have company. Mom, mother, and da- mother and father are fighting. <laughs> and I'm living for it. Yes. Continue, please. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm the Mary and you're the Rhoda. Uh, we won't not cut to argue that. We're not going to cut this out. Um, <laughs> All right. So anyways, alien. Um, I, uh, the other thing that I like about the biology of the creature is that it's, um, is taking on the qualities of its host, you know? So it's like it incubates in a human. It's picking up some of that. So it's like, I like when they refer to it as Kane's son, mm-hmm. you know, or later in alien three with the dog. Yeah. It's like, it has the kind of similar haunches and the design of it is like based on more on, on a dog on what it incubates in. And then the later films like, um, 
Prometheus because it's in what did they call them? Oh, the originator, like the the those white nasty looking ones. Yeah, the neomorphs were the yeah, but the cre- but the, the 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 things that they incubate in. Oh, because they're different. Um, our creators or whatever. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. The, um, engineers. Yeah, the engineers. Engineers, yes. You do, so it's like they change kind of based on that. So it gives this whole other, um, especially in Aliens, I think, this whole other like um, layer to like, the enemy is us, <laughs> you know, because it, it, it does use our, it's, it's crafting itself in our image in a weird way. I didn't pick that up. I didn't pick that up at all. Maybe I'm just talking then well no no, no. I, I, <laughs> but i've seen I, all I, the just, movies so you haven't seen exactly them all, i haven't you know, seen the movies yeah, so it's not it's it's kind that of that it's humanoid on purpose yeah over the course of the movies and probably and if you want to go into the expanded universe uh, of alien yeah they they adapt and they kind of take traits from whatever they in, inhabit what, whatever the the face hugger grabs onto uh, whether it be dog or human or snake or and the toy line, the bull, the gorilla. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the gorilla alien. Creatures that you don't get in the movies. Yeah, but. so they'll, they'll, they'll oh, and uh, in the AVP series, Alien versus Predator series, you had the Pred alien. Yeah, so, those are those are pretty cool looking, yeah. actually, because it's like, it has like the, you know, that by like four-way mouth. The, the vagina, yes. The, yes. <laughs> the, la- the vagina the, dentata. The toothy yes. badge. Toothy badge. <laughs> the, the toothy labia of, you know. <laughs> but it's on the alien. Like It's really, it's it, it, it's oh. cool. But so I just, yeah. I like that, like the humanoid aspect of it. And then when in aliens, when you get into more of the conversation about like their insects and, you know, they're are just things about that that I also, you know, when you sit back and kind of look at us and the way we organize our society, like we're very insectoid as well in some ways. So I don't know. That's just me kind of adding my own. Well, like it, I'm always interested in that kind of well, on, flavor. On, and to that point, like I just, the, the talk of, so like in referencing just now how the alien is like this virus, right? This indiscriminate virus. I can't help but also go back to Matrix, first mm-hmm. Matrix, Agent yeah. Smith. It's like the human race is a virus where right. it's just, you know, it's proliferating itself until eventually it's just all consuming and, you know, and and it's hard to not to feel that way um and yeah it's just it was it's fascinating because i feel like the i feel like the the film it still holds up which alien alien the the singular i feel like (laughs) i feel like it i feel like it holds up because it has it still plays on those real fears of like the the violence of being like forcibly penetrated Mm-hmm. And then also just like a, a a general fear of like other, right? Yeah, and of being eradicated, you know, of having yeah. technology that's is you know, and that's that plays more probably into the sequel. Um, but yeah, of, of of that of meeting something that we cannot survive. Yeah, know, that is just that there's no strategy other than just survival because mm-hmm. we can't even strategize or comprehend what it is. Yeah, and especially in the first one where you only get the one, you know, it's it's very um I don't know because they are so different, you know, when comparing them. The first movie is like a Hitchcock film, <laughs> you know, where Yeah, very much. The second one is um 
Well, I mean, is Michael <laughs> so, Bay. <laughs> well, but I was going to say, really, the progenitor to Michael Bay is. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the producers, I think it was Geiler, um, in an interview said that uh, essentially uh, Alien is the haunted house, Aliens is the roller coaster. Oh, right. And that's very applicable. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's true. That's a really, yeah, a really yeah. good way. But yeah, it's a James Cameron movie. <laughs> so it really, you know, the aliens. And I think that's why I preferred the second one, the plural, because it was just. It, it felt it lend itself more to like okay I'm I I buy that she and, and I feel like it's just you know again it if it takes place in the same timeline it's like several years later right like several decades actually later so you know it's fine yeah, for 50, it to seven years uh, it's fine to have these kind of tonal shifts but I thought it was just I mean I like anything that has a little bit more action a little more you know shoot 'em up and um, I'm also just, you know, love a unhinged Bill Paxton. So <laughs> game over, man. Game over. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So we can move a little bit in. Cause I mean, we'll continue to kind of go back and forth, probably talking about the, you know, both films. But, um, so we just finished watching aliens as well. We just made a day of it. We watched yeah. aliens and, and we aliens. did, um, theatrical release as well. Right. Um, and I, I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people like aliens as, the sequel um or at least there's that kind of back and forth over you know like oh which one's better but i don't know i think it's kind of a, a draw you know i mean if people love a film they love a film you know i i think it's hard to really it's apples and oranges <laughs> in it's, some ways really, no you're, you're quite right yeah it's it's just it's it's because uh, there was a i was like you for the longest time where i would put aliens top tier but when as I watch Alien, uh, as more of a, a mature adult, um, <laughs> I, 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 I take it. Hey, um, I take it for um, what it is. <laughs> as a, as like I said, as the haunted house, it's a psychological uh, thriller. It's a, it's a dark horror movie that just um, it has its own, its own vibe and its own story to tell. And you, I appreciate it for that. So I would actually put Alien on par with Aliens if you can respect them respect it for what it is on the whole mm. and what it brings to the table absolutely it's a very well crafted movie and and aliens you know uh, like i said that's been my my favorite movie since i've ever i ever seen yeah ever since i saw the movie um way back when um it's been my top number one movie. I'll always say it's my number one movie. And aliens. In alien aliens. franchise, yes. or you mean just in general? I say in general. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. aliens. So that I could clarify. If you, if you throw, second. yeah, if you hit me with Daniel, give me your top three favorite movies all time. Aliens is always number one. Has always been number one. What are the other two? That changes okay. <laughs> right now in this um, moment. Currently, um, so like my next, the next one down. I'm a big fan of uh, the movie and the band played on. Uh, oh, that, that HBO oh, movie, yeah, yeah it's, okay. it's so well done, and I always get the feels when I watch it. Um, and then the one after that, I uh, is typically uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I enjoy oh, that movie. Huh. Yeah. Wow, that's that a very that's very it's varied. It's very yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it speaks to it, it speaks to who you are as a person. Yeah, you that's a good desert enjoy, island mix. There, yeah, oh, you sure. know, <laughs> you enjoy fantasy, comic books, and homosexuality. So that's you know, it's <laughs> yes, it's very who doesn't? yeah, exactly. We all should if you don't. Yes. Um, yeah, I f it's it's fascinating to see, like, because I figured that a lot of people, they talk about the second one because for the same reasons why I like it. Um, it's also interesting tonally to see, like, the tone shifts are very much also charting like the development of Ripley as a character, right? So in the first one, it has that horror element of, I have no idea of, like, 
unsuspecting person is thrust into extraordinary circumstances has a fight has to find a way to overcome they're just working class people trying to do a job and they want to go home yeah apparently we We can all relate yeah and then again we're here we are again with another um another film where a you know typically a typically disenfranchised minority is asking for more money and they get punished by, you know, they're getting punished for it. We did that with, we saw that with, uh, uh, satanic panic. Oh. <laughs> and then I think with this one with Parker, right. Yeah, in Parker. alien in the Parker. singular. So yeah. So it was yeah. just, it was, yeah. And I was just like, they just want to, they just want the same as everybody else. And honestly, why wouldn't we give it to them? I mean, honestly, why wouldn't they give it to them? Because they're the ones who had to fix the entire ship. Yeah. They were probably just, you know, yeah, dragging like their the feet. Grunts of the crew. But they're yeah, like hard work. Exactly. They're just there to service the ship. They may not be mining ore, but you know, they're. They probably were. I mean, they probably all were. I mean, it's all, how many people are on the ship? Seven? Well, so mine is the yeah. science officer. He probably wasn't doing shit. Well, like, like, <laughs> I mean, like I said, it was a, they're a towing vessel. I don't think they had anything to do with the mining aspect of it. Oh, that what, makes sense. They were just moving that refinery from point A to point B. That so, makes sense. They yeah. went out to get it from whoever is wherever they're yeah, mining it's it. like they've already got their ore. They yeah. came along and that makes sense. Hitched, uh, hitched up the yeah. ship, so. I never gave it that, like, too deep of, like, that part of it, but that's a good, that's a good point. But now that we're talking <laughs> about Parker real briefly, I want to <laughs> get your take on this real quick because I, I was curious and I've always been curious about um, I don't know if you noticed but like when Ash would come in Parker did not like Ash at all like mm. he, he kicked Ash out of his seat yeah and um and, and wiped it down and wiped it down <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know what was up <laughs> like with that he was, was just a, totally uh, not here for him I know and then like later on when uh, Ash volunteered to go with Parker to refill the, the flamethrower and, and Parker's like I do it myself don't follow me and right I'm like what the hell's up I mean there's some history there what was that about and I don't I, I don't think it was ever fleshed out mm, mm-hmm. I don't think it's fleshed out but I think it's just a natural distrust like I mean it can be a natural distrust of someone who you know is someone who would not consider themselves like um, a brain of someone who has of someone who is the science officer right because there's because there's you know again these are all we've already established that they're this like truckers in space and then it's not only are they truckers in space but then they have someone who's supposed to be their um who's supposed to be the intellectual superior because he's supposed to be able to take care of like not only the medical needs but anything else that's happening like he's not one of them he's not one of them exactly his uniform is different Mm -hmm. his carriage and demeanor is different throughout i mean obviously that's also highlight that highlights the fact that he is literally not a human right. <laughs> not organic matter yeah, he's purposefully othered exactly yeah. but i feel like that might be part of it like that could be part of it is that just as a as a grunt you know it, it's that working man's intuition of like you don't look like you can get you're getting your hands dirty so i want nothing to do with what it is that you do that makes total sense because mm. it was explained that uh, Ash was brought on two days before they shipped out. So yeah, he's yeah. a new crew member. He hasn't he hasn't worked with them. He hasn't toiled with them. And uh, yeah. he's the FNG. Like no one no one cares. No one cares who he is. He's just kind of there. Yeah. And now they're like you know they're all sleep they all sleep in those cryostasis things in like a in like pretty much nothing. You know it's like there's a familiarity that a crew right. like that has to have. And if someone if he's brought on like that, he doesn't have that familiarity okay. uh which which ripley calls into calls into question a little bit with um the captain yeah but and i loved everything with like mother <laughs> with like <laughs> with this like this, i'm gonna go sit in this room that's gonna give me all the answers but it's like what do you say eyes only so it's only it's captain only and mm-hmm. 
and all of that. Like I thought that was all of that stuff was great. Cause you know, again, this is a conception of a supercomputer 40 years ago where like, right. where like now, like the entire power of mother is like at our at our fingertips then we carry it in our pockets and for them it was just like they had to go sit in a room and then all the blinking lights i thought that was just (laughs) i thought it was just like perfect like i love old conceptions of like space with the blinky lights and you have no idea what all that stuff does but it's there and it does stuff right also in 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 getting to see this movie on the big screen and also getting to experience you know a cinema level sound Mm, I, i picked up on a lot of things that i have not been able to hear you know, just watching it on my DVD player. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the deep breathing noises, especially like when they were in mother or, um, the, the heartbeat in the background pretty much all throughout most of the movie. Yeah. Um, just these little nuanced sounds that add to the atmosphere, um, to kind of give the movie a a life, you know, a sense of, of, of eeriness and foreboding is just, it was very well, very well done that I just picked up on being able to see it on the big screen like this. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff where I'm like, gosh, has that happened before? Or just some of the like layering of their voices where, you know, you could cap- catch more of what they were saying or arguing. I was like, wow, gosh, I've never really noticed that, you and, know, some of the sound. Yeah, I and mean, it kind of made sense that like, it kind of made sense that the, like, I guess narratively in the first film with uh, why it goes after John Hurt, <laughs> you know, or like why John Hurt is that character. He's kind of like, he's kind of red shirted in that way. Right. <laughs> is, is that he, I mean like here, you know, he's also the, he's the first one to wake up and, um, but he also is, doesn't serve like a true, in my mind I didn't see his function right so like Parker and Harry Dean Stanton are like these grunts who fix the ship you have um, the other woman who is the uh, navigation officer Lambert Lambert uh, Lambert, and then uh, the scientist and the captain and then Ripley right so Ripley who's our final girl so it's like he doesn't he's just kind of there unless you know what his actual I think he was the basically the pilot of the Nostromo. He, uh, he drove the ship and she so navigated. Then it, so she, I think Lambert was essentially the co-pilot mm-hmm. and navigator, but it was, it was, um, yeah. Cause they show him in that. Seat. It was Kane that, that was basically piloting the, the Nostromo, which then at that point, it makes it even more, the, the stakes are even greater that they took out their pilot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they took out their pilot. Now it's being navigated and piloted by one other person. Yeah. I think um, Dallas could have also flown the ship too, though, mm-hmm. you know, being captain. So, yeah, um, I just think it was important that it was a male. I, I think there is um, somewhere around here there is analysis that you know about it being one of the male crew members, crew yeah. members who gives this violent, bloody birth. You that know, was like yeah, they wanted to make men squirm in their seats a little with that sort of touching on like pregnancy and rape and you know this violation whole, in general. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then, and then having to give this you know, torturous process, you know, to bring forth life. So I just think, yeah, out of all of them, he is the most expendable one. So he does get those few extra minutes in the beginning of being the first one to awaken. Yeah. Well, he kind <laughs> of struck me as a go-getter, you know, yeah. like, cause he, cause like when he first yeah. volunteered to go and then like Dallas was like, yeah, that figures, you know, yeah. you'd be the one to go. So yeah. yeah. So even better for the alien, you know, cause that's something it's like, so basically, he's coming down, he's going to be really good to incubate in. So basically what we're saying, eager young twink is the first one to die. Right. Yes. Well, I don't know. Was he a twink? Hardly a twink. <laughs> <laughs> Um, handsome man for sure handsome I was like oh oh John Hurt okay there's Uh, a lot of handsome men on this ship you know 
Sigourney Weaver. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally no, she's gorgeous. Actually, Sigourney Weaver. Right. She's um, oh, God, she's. So, if we're gonna she's talk, so if we're gonna talk about, uh, if we're gonna objectify members of the cast, can we skip right to aliens then? And when they all wake up from their stasis, <laughs> and I was could, like. <laughs> because I have to say that Vasquez, like again, I think I'm by now. Like right. that was, I was, I thought that that was all the back of, to back Sigourney Weaver and um, uh, uh, Goldstein, Jeanette, uh, Jeanette, Goldstein. Jeanette, Goldstein. Jeanette Goldstein, and I thought like all of her <laughs> stuff you. was great. Um, and then you know with and then with her like doing a like preparing with that with uh that gun yeah. um on the basically the steady cam arm mm-hmm. <laughs> that that they came up with but like all of them waking up and I'm like oh my gosh it's like you just we have a bunch now it's a uh, it's like the guns of Navarone it's like a it's a dirty dozen type movie but it's aliens <laughs> is what's happening so so I thought that I thought you know n- not for nothing that that was an interesting dynamic to now have Ripley be a part of this crew um, but you know, if, if we're going to, if we're going to use a modern reference, she's like the river, <laughs> she's river of the, of the firefly. Right. And so they're all, um, she's the one who like, they don't quite know what to do with yet, but she has this like past and, and in fact, she ends up being the one. But yeah, she knows what's going on. Uh, yeah, she knows exactly him, what's you know. going on. And it's so vindicating when he comes to the room, like, we've lost uh, contact with the the, uh, the colonies. Yeah. Like, no shit. Yeah, she's just like... <laughs> Door shuts, boom. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, what did I tell you? Call me shocked, you know? It's yeah. like, I just gave a four-hour deposition on, you know, how... how to a bunch of white men in suits. To a bunch of white men in suits, yeah. Minus oh, the one woman. And, and Anna Winter. Anna, and, <laughs> yes, and Anna Winter. Um, also in a suit. I guess that's right. the prerequisite. Yeah. Um, and then I think I brought up, I did bring this up because I, I kind of knew that Paul Reiser was, uh, Burke was some sort of scumbag. And I kind of, and I brought that up because like they, I felt like, <laughs> I felt that maybe it might have been just like had some sort of like anti-Semitic reading of of Burke because like not only, so he's not only the face of the company, but he's also, or like at least the company and in the interests of the company, but like is also trying to like basically make a profit and weaponize this, uh, weaponize this discovery. And he makes no bones about it, which I, which I also thought was really great and honest. It was like, it's like, yeah, we can, you know, this is a, we, is it our job to like eradicate a, you know, basically an entire, entire new species well, you know, it, it it's basically eradicating you, so, like, why not? But he goes into, like, you know, we could stake our claim and all this stuff, and I just thought, like, was that, what kind of choice was that to have Paul Reiser, who is this, like, very, very, you know, established, like, Jewish, <laughs> Jewish person, Jewish celebrity, to have that be that narrative? Like, could it have been any other person and would it have worked just the same? I think so, but I feel like that was a choice on, I, that was an interesting choice. I'm not saying that it was anti-Semitic in any way. I'm just saying that, like, it's very interesting how, like, the one person who's concerned with money in is, like, you know, he's the he's the lawyer in Jurassic Park. Like, he's he's all of those things. It's like, you you had, you cast, like, Paul Reiser. Like, could you have cast anybody right. In cultural context, yeah. you're going to get that reading. So it makes sense. I think at that time, this was, like, in the, you know, early 80s. And I think at that time, Paul Reiser was a comedian. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So maybe this was just a, a, an intention misdirect to kind of put the audience at ease to have mm-hmm. a comedian type character uh, 
make you feel like uh, a company guy that's all right. You know, he's a good guy, right? You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna do us do us dirty like Ash did, or you know, uh, you know, and uh, you kind of get that vibe in the beginning anyway. Um, but then, you know, once uh, I think once he hits once he gets planet side, um, then you start to see his true colors come out. Um, Cause like he promised Ripley in the beginning, it's like, well, you have my word. We're going to, we're going to, we're not going to bring them back. We're not going to, we're just going to get rid of them. We're going to find out what's going on and get rid of them all. You know, if it's alien. So, um, and then when he gets that confirmation, well, like from the moment they walk into the medical lab and they see those three, and I mentioned this, like they see those three face huggers there in, um, it's just like, Oh, like these, (laughs) like they knew, like, why wouldn't they have community? Like, they they knew so much that they put them in those specimens that it had to have been reported when they found out. So, like, and then you mentioned something else, right, about that. Well, if you want me to, to nerd out a little bit about your point, um, so what you don't see in the theatrical release, which you but you will hear and see in the director's cut, is that they explain it takes a long time to get a communication out from the colony to Earth and back, like weeks, I believe it was. So if they were to... Um, you know, put the word out, hey, we've got these creatures, so on and so forth. Um, it might take a long time for it to, to be known. Um, so instead, they just send the, I guess they send the Marines out to go investigate because it might be faster. That's 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 kind of something that I I I I think is might answer your question. Yeah, because it's just like I feel like they would have they put they put so much care into it like they would have known it's not like they um killed them and put them in the trash can like it's right. they're in the med lab displayed as such when i wonder how long it takes to travel between you know cuz you think cuz i mean i think in the original film in alien like they they know well, I guess, I don't know, that's a good question. Do you think that they're sent there on purpose or it really is an accidental find? Oh, that then the, the science officer is like, suddenly the directive then becomes get one of these creatures back to Earth. For you know, Alien. For Alien, for uh, the original. Okay, so now... That, because that, that, that gets at the, then the second movie. Like, so then you probably would have to go back to Prometheus, right? And because somehow, some way, well, you learn, or I mean, through Prometheus, we learn how, how the company... Uh, becomes aware of the derelict ship of the of the engineers, and so we don't know um, how the company knew of that particular derelict ship on that planet was found. Um, but we just, I guess, we just let that go, and and so the company did send them to go investigate that ship because you know Prometheus kind of set the table for that. Um, and that's probably maybe the only one right. thing I can say came out. So of that the then becomes, <laughs> but that becomes retroactive. So yeah, if you're yeah, talking yeah. about in 86, seeing this, cause I mean, I always sort of, I think I've always kind of read alien that way to where it was very purposeful. Like they knew what they were looking for. Yeah, and then so, in aliens, like they purposely send people out there under the guise of setting up a colony, but really did, you are correct. They're trying to create a safe lab to investigate these creatures in which they have no idea about, you know, they, and, probably the same thing they cut one open it bleeds everywhere you know destroys problems yeah. escapes you know whatever there you go you know and havoc ensues <laughs> so if, if we want to delve into the expanded universe yet again like how i talk, talked mm-hmm. earlier about um uh the uh, audio drama that i listened to on audible called river of pain um which is a kind of like a prequel of sorts for aliens where it depicts how the the colony uh, was attacked or how they, how they came in contact with the derelict ship and how uh, it got overrun by the aliens and so on. Um, so 
yes, the company did know about it. Mm-hmm. And they sent actually a science team uh, to kind of, but they didn't know exactly where it was on the planet. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of funny because company orders from alien knew where, where to, you know, any anyway, because, where because of is. the signal, because of the signal. Yeah. So yeah, I guess maybe the signal was discontinued by that time. And so that was just kind of like, they were hunting, looking for the derelict ship. Uh, they, I think maybe they had a general idea as to where it was. So they yeah. set down their colony, they put down their atmosphere processors and, and, but they, but in the story, in the audio drama, they said that they would send out what they called uh, wildcatters, uh, teams of people to go out and try and find the derelict ship and certain coordinates around the area and then eventually uh it, it does get found and yeah. then uh but yeah the company knew about it they were looking for it that's why they sent the science team there and that's why you saw in the med lab uh the face huggers that were all in the, right in the jars. they were already there yeah. because the moment that they said that they were able to pull them off but it did kill them instantly right so um yes yeah that's what yeah. they said. i love that whole scene where she comes in like sigourney's so great in that where she's looking around like these motherfuckers like <laughs> she like it's she's just like, on her face like they fucking knew, knew. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just it's like, why am I here? They already didn't. They already done new. So they already been new. They already been new. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, some of the analysis of, a- of Alien. Uh, so I'm reading from Screen Rant. They put out uh, Ben Sherlock wrote uh, this article. This is August 27, 2019. So fairly new for a works uh, work cited. Um, it's it's comparing and contrasting aliens, things that each film does better than the other. And um, it mentions uh, the subtext of aliens, which I think is uh, interesting. So James Cameron made aliens as a pretty clear allusion to the Vietnam War. An American corporation sends soldiers to a foreign world to fight a war that isn't theirs, and the bureaucrats respond to every potentially dangerous situation by immediately opening fire. Um, which I... I think kind of plays into what we're talking about right now here, you know, and that they, I mean, it's just, it's a suicide mission for these people, you know, to some extent. Yeah. It was a war that they didn't ask for. Yeah. To again, a very technically not a more advanced species, but hostile as fuck and willing to fight, you know? And so it's that kind of, um, yeah. so I was curious, I, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because we've, we've talked about allusions to Vietnam coming out in like, um, having an effect on horror like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, you know, movies that came out of the 70s and then obviously in the 80s. So I was just curious. I just wanted to throw it out there and see what kind of thoughts we got before we talked about the other subtext it gets, which is motherhood and the maternal instinct. Yeah. Which all um, of us know so much about being mothers. I'm curious what our <laughs> super fan thinks. Well, no, like, uh, there are direct connotations to the Vietnam War and then also what you also uh, what you notice uh, with the demeanor of the soldiers going in, much like with mm-hmm. the American soldiers, the, the hubris of we're going to go in yeah. and kick ass and then they get their asses handed to them because they didn't know that their foe was so were so was so formidable. Yeah. Um, and, and they learn a harsh lesson. And, you know, same thing with us when we went over to Vietnam, you know. So uh, I think, uh, I think, Cameron had, uh, I mean, he meant to, he meant it for it to have that, that, that's, that's, uh, similarity. Um, and, uh, I mean, even, even, uh, I think some of the actors, uh, what's, a uh, well, yeah, the guy who played the sergeant was the guy who played the sergeant more. was in Vietnam. Um, yeah. Let me and find his name real quick because we just Al... found out he died last year. Oh gosh. That's uh, a pwn, right? Yeah. 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 He plays the sergeant. Uh, his name is Al, Al Matthews. Al Matthews. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, 
along with who else? Bill Bill Paxton, right? He's gone. Bill Paxton is no longer with us. R.I.P.'s at the end for for those those that are no longer with us. Yes, our in memoriam for all of the all of the folks in these two. I'm I'm very glad. I hate to sound. I'm going to sound a little braggadocious, but like I got to um, work with the cast of of Aliens on their on their anniversary panel at Comic Con, and just to how cool to share to share even just breathing space with Sigourney Weaver and with with Cameron and and uh, Paxton and Michael Bean and Lance Henriksen. What'd you so do? What, what were you doing? Oh, I, I, so I volunteer for, for Comic-Con. I work in talent relations. So basically we just make sure the, the, uh, celebrities get from point A to point B. That's how you know Justine. That's right? how I know Justine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hi Justine. Yes. Hi Justine. Yes. Oh, we miss you Justine. Justine. Get, get your ciao. ass back here and volunteer at least one more time. <laughs> yes. So much to dish about. So that's so cool. So you were just helping get them to where they needed to be and make sure they're in the right. Yeah. Kind so, of, okay. um, the quick and dirty version, right? So my, I, my higher ups at I Comic Con, they, they knew that I was a super fan of aliens and so they expressly gave me this panel to oh, work. Oh, that's with. sweet. I thought it was amazing. It was, that was like yeah. Christmas for Because you'd think so. usually they would avoid putting somebody who yeah. was like, Well, I've been there long enough. You've been there long enough to of know course. what not to do. I haven't yeah. I haven't fanboyed on anybody since my second year or so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, especially for this being, you know, I mean, like you said earlier, you're like top movie. That's yeah, that's pretty cool. And it was an amazing panel, um, just to hear them, you know, give their insight on the movie itself. And and my only regret with the whole thing was that uh, a lot of the audience that was there, because it took place in Hall H. And, oh. Mm. And a lot of the audience was there was mm. not for that panel. They were yeah. waiting for the Marvel panel to follow afterwards. So it's like all these, you know, real cool moments that they were talking about or would show on the screens, you know. Uh, some people would be like, Given like you know the raw applause and then but everybody else was just golf clapping that shit and yeah. it was, it was kind of sad or talking or doing other me things. I was off to the side going woo yeah, yeah. so um, how cool yeah yeah. Anyways, uh, back to Vietnam War. Back to Vietnam. Uh, <laughs> no, that is that's very cool. Really jealous of you, just of having that experience. You know, I'm very it, grateful. That's for it. that's really that's really cool. Definitely highlight. Um, that the Vietnam War, I guess that subtext is very interesting, and I feel, um, I mean, you know, when it, it becomes more and more like this kind of sore point, and and um, this sore point, specifically what happened in the treatment of troops when they returned. Uh, when they returned from war, having, you know, been sent there, um, conscripted and sent there, and then coming back to, like, a society that, um, to a society and a culture that, you know, loathed and reviled them. So it was, it's interesting to kind of see that reading and to kind of see how that plays out. But um, again, completely, you know, the idea of them completely underestimating their, um, their opponent. Well, I mean, at that point, they don't know if there's an alien. They just know that there's something, and we're and yeah. whatever it is, we're ready because we're, we're Marines. And then when they get there to realize that it was worse than it was nothing they could have ever imagined, and the only person that was like telling them any truth was you know was Ripley, and they you know she bought into it a little bit, but even then, like she knew that they would be overcome. Um, again, in much in the similar way of how um, you know the Viet Cong were able to um, were able to just evade American forces the entire <laughs> the entirety of the Vietnam War. Um, it, it's it's interesting in that way. I'm not and I'm not making a I'm not, I'm not trying to make a similarity between like you know dangerous predatory aliens and then <laughs> and of, you know yeah, and the the folks in the Viet Cong. But I what I am saying is that like it's that. Um, 
it's definitely that hubris of mm-hmm. underestimating um, a force that you have never encountered before or yeah. you know nothing about. And that was that was very much exemplified just in uh, Hudson, uh, Bill Paxton's character. You know, yeah. he came mm-hmm. in rock and roll, like we're going to kick ass, you know, we're the ultimate badasses, so on and so forth. And the next thing you know, towards the end, he's a quivering mound of, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of yeah. here, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's this, you know, he's that good old boy. And then when and then when the chips are down, it's just like, okay, well, you know, he needs to be, he needs to be like shaken and said, put yourself together, slapped across the face. Yeah. Um, and then you have just Vasquez, who's just like, like still at a hundred, <laughs> still ready, no matter what. She's got a job to do. Yeah, she's yeah. like, she I'm, I'm here. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that kind of, you know, that reading though kind of gives me like so. Um, so here's where I lose some of our listeners and you, Joe, probably um, for different reasons. Uh, one, Aliens is not one of my favorites in the Alien franchise um, for a couple reasons. One, I'm not a big fan of like guns blazing, action movies, you know, military stuff, just in general across the board. Not I buy that. Not yeah. realistic stuff where they make, you know, films based on, you know, historical things and not films that use the military and, you you know, lots of guns and that action stuff. The other reason is that <laughs> it makes me sad a lot um, because of, <laughs> it's so crazy, but because of, like, the aliens as a species. Like, when Burke talks about, like, do we have the right to go in and just, like, eradicate this species? Like, I sit there going, no. Like, <laughs> Like and it just I get very uncomfortable. It's a weird thing, but like with with her and then the queen and like she's just like they're just creatures. They're just animals living their lives, you know. So I just get all these awkward kind of feelings around aliens for some reason. Hold on, wait. So <laughs> so what you're saying is that aliens makes you sad because of the because of the. Impl- the implications of genocide. There's this weird humanness that like and, comes out. And I don't know. The fly is a tragic. St- like, well, exactly. See, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of tied into those sorts of feelings. I can't w- really watch Resurrection because of what happens to the offspring. Uh-huh. It's heartbreaking. It makes me really bizarrely sad. <laughs> just wanted to be loved. It really, that's it. Uh, yeah, and it's just it's so sad to me. In a you weird give a way. lot of agency to you're giving a lot. I do. Of, you're giving a lot yeah. of agency. I mean, I also... So like with the robots, like you know, the robots we were talking about, the, uh, the artificial you're people, because like, you're like also makes me sad. You're gonna lose me, and I'm like, okay, the military thing, I totally get, and then this, and I'm like, okay, um, I I get that. I feel like that's you know that's there's your radical empathy, right? For <laughs> yeah, it's just a weird thing because it's different in the first one because it's like a singular thing that's going after them, and they really are fighting to survive. Versus you know because they can just leave the eggs there and go on whatever you know, and they're just there obviously, because we need the sequel. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. I just have a different feeling with the first one versus the second one because it's just, yeah, because of those, like, war feelings and this, like, yeah, the genocidal kind of thing. It's weird, okay? I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just explaining, like, my kind of, the, the different The look feelings. on my face. I, yeah. like, the different things that it brings up in me. I... You know? I I hear you. I hear what <laughs> I hear what you say. <laughs> and you think I should continue? Uh, to I have unconditional. My... <laughs> I have unconditional regard for those feelings. Um, well, no. I well, I mean, again, it's just it's about 
it's because we are experiencing it or some of us are experiencing it from a human point of view where it's like this is a threat i mean right. it's different from i mean like you said like they're like an insect kind of you know an insect kind of species so the only way to go out and to propagate on other places is to is because they need a host to carry them there. So right. if yeah. they had just... It's a function of their biology. Exactly. If they <laughs> if they just left them there, then they would have no problem. We're just like, we just know not to go to that planet because that's where those folks are eating us. Right. Like, that's <laughs> they come out of our chests and that's it. You know, the way you, we don't go there. But, you know, okay. I, 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 I am... A little less incredible. I'm just saying the reading of that, you know, and in any and in any war, obviously, you know, you make you but make like, monsters. But like he's also out of your, he's also saying that because he's he's also saying that because he's oh. going to exploit them. Oh, right? of course, yeah, absolutely, okay. no, absolutely. The same way we go, these people are our enemies unless we go over and enslave them or take resources from them in war all the time. I mean, these the, it's not you know it's just like be, watching aliens in particular. I apply all of that political like stuff it's hard for me to just sit and enjoy the movie as like a gun monster movie you know i just sit and i think about all these other weird things (laughs) that's fair i that's fair (laughs) i can see if on the premise of you know live and let live if they were like their own planet if they were of their if they were their own planet and yeah. and we came along and wanted to harvest them for right. bioweapons, so on and <laughs> yeah. so forth. I can see where you're going. but right. Which but, is the case here. They do want to take them and use them. <laughs> right. No, you're right. But um, but say those things got to Earth, you know, you have yeah. an invasive apex predator that can adapt. I Obviously. Mean, yeah. You, I'm not saying if one broke in here. obliterate them as a means yeah, of survival. <laughs> I wouldn't be for, like, you know, <laughs> trying to stop that, you know. I don't want so to eat for <laughs> So you're for... <laughs> I, never mind. I'm not going to say I don't want to, you know, I mean, I don't want any of us eaten you know can we all just like enjoy the look of them like we could sit around and talk about aesthetics i do love the <laughs> yes i'm sure the aliens would love to have an aesthetic conversation with you i mean that crown she's got going the queen i mean it's, it's just beautiful you know it's a lovely uh what do you call that not a proboscis that's the thing that the uh face yeah. hugger has but her c- carapace is that yeah. what it's called yeah that sounds about right. yeah Sure. A- anyway. <laughs> Daniel's whole living, you're living, let live. You're just She's... like two hands prayer bound, the mace. Like, you know, just <laughs> we see you over there. Second mouth comes through my head. Yeah, it's know? like, we see you over there, aliens. We affirm you, you know. Yeah, since you're about to be either impregnated or impaled, you know, it's like I, I, I acknowledge you and I validate you. Exactly. Right. It's just like, it's uh, Jonathan Van Ness doing that to the aliens. Like, you know, namaste. namaste. No, and I say that obviously as a carnival. I mean, it's not like I'm a vegan or something, you know what I mean? So I, there are different, yeah, there are layers to it. But I'm just saying that this is the kind of weird shit I think about when I'm watching movies <laughs> where I'm just like, oh, gosh, I forgot how sad this is when she's the, you know, the queen gets up. It's like, you've killed my children. Like, I'm coming for you. It's, I should not be two moms. I should not be shocked by this, <laughs> but I really am. I'm just like, is it- <laughs> I'm more shocked Anyways. that I, I get it, and I'm <laughs> and I'm not necessarily on board, but I understand no, but, it. And yeah, it makes sense to me. I'm just I'm just laying out just a just a and, theory, and here. maybe that stems from just me. I you know for me the Alien Queen is my all time favorite movie monster, so I am yeah. biased as fuck about her. So yeah. um, she's yeah. cool. I she's mean, the so design cool. is really cool. Yes. I you know she had she had the best look. I think out of all of them, I thought. Oh, so. she she worked the runway. 
Oh. Yeah, she worked. She worked the runway. <laughs> so anyway, so then, so just to kind of pivot then towards that end, because then you know, obviously, there is that kind of analysis of motherhood, which does get lost in the theatrical version because I, I guess I didn't realize that because it's been so long since I'd seen the theatrical version mm-hmm. and because again because Aliens is not a movie that I'm one to pull out all the time and watch because of all the empathetic <laughs> feelings you have about the genocide of a yeah of exactly a, of a and hostile the guns in action race. you know I mean okay. in general like I mean you know I just I'm, I'm not a, a huge action movie fan um, and I do I definitely think Aliens is action movie not in, I mean, it's horror, but not in the same way that Alien is. Um, just let me leave me alone with my Hitchcock type movies, Joe. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the motherhood aspect and Ripley's like defense of Newt and mm-hmm. and the final like that battle is between two female mothers, yeah, entities. <laughs> it's the mother of all two, battles. Two, two matriarchal yes uh, um, powers basically going head to head. Over their over their offspring, of sorts. Of sorts well, of sorts. I felt in. I mean, to me, I felt like the queen was being uh, was not being uh, protective so much as like reactionary and vindictive. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> because they just blew up the. <laughs> they just blew so good. <laughs> she could just let it go. They blew up the place. She just needed to stay there. What she it had was to like? I'm on the know, ship you know, and show up know, later. Bitch, bitch had a chip on her shoulder. She, she had a chip on her. She, she was all like, "You kill my children." She. It was very petty and vindictive. It was very like Kill Bill. It was just like you know, you I, I killed your master. Like I yeah. killed. It's just. I oh mean, but think gosh. about it, Lo. Yeah. Like she could have just let it go. She had to stay. She had to come back for them. You know. Well, again, it is a you know that hostile force i guess <laughs> i would contend that it wasn't so much vengeance as it was just general survival we've yeah. already established in the alien canon that the aliens are, are survival driven uh the queen saw her way to survive by getting on that ship yeah and you know exact a little revenge in the end that's just uh, icing on the cake for her but ultimately she needs to get she needs to live she needs to be able to procreate and she needs to be able to thrive so yeah um, she's not going to do that on an exploding planet. No, she's going to do that yeah. cr- climbing up into that dropship and and whooping some ass when she gets up there. <laughs> so that's right. She took she took poor Bishop right apart. Just yeah, that was great. I yeah. thought that was great. That's one of my earliest memories of Lance Henriksen. Mm. You know, because I I definitely think I saw Aliens before I saw like Pumpkinhead and other. I mean, he's you know such an icon in a lot of horror. So it's like I always kind of. A lot of times when I think of Lance Henriksen, I immediately, the first image that pops in my head is him, like, ripped up on the floor <laughs> with all the white oh, yeah. beads and guts hanging out. Aliens <laughs> definitely put him on my radar. Yeah. Or, or, yeah uh, and then I saw him he was again so in, like, nice Terminator, in and, and then again at Near Dark. And, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so nice in that one compared to his, like, you know, Confederate Confederate vampire in Near Dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He a lot of times plays like generally nice guys, you know, like in Millennium. Did you ever see that series that he did? I didn't in the see the two thousands, but I know oh, of man, it, yeah. that was this. Was that based on the movie? I don't the, the Cheryl Ladd. Think so I think I thought it was an extension of like the X Files because oh. they had like a crossover okay, episode, okay, okay. and it was kind of in that same realm. Yeah. Uh, That's that, one that slipped through the cracks for me. Yeah, I am only <laughs> familiar with Millennium, the uh, Backstreet Boys album. And uh, the Willennium, the Will Smith album. <laughs> okay. Okay. If, there, if right. ever there was a more appropriate place for silence, I think. It was like, <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. 
motherhood and aliens <laughs> and the <laughs> Vietnam War. <laughs> well, no, we already discussed that, and and uh, so now we move on. <laughs> so yeah, what what was not shown uh, in the theatrical release, of course, is just uh, the the scene where uh, it Ripley inquires about her daughter, um, and this is the first time we learn of of her having mm-hmm. a daughter. Uh, and it's just a little scene where with him, or I'm sorry, with her and uh, Burke. And uh, it was just, do you have any news about my daughter? And you yeah. know, after some hemming and hawing, Burke says, well, um, she uh, she died uh, single at the age of 66. And and then Ripley breaks down and single, said, Single, you know, <laughs> she died, period. But she was single. Well, they had to, they had to make it, they, they had to make it so that, that Ripley wouldn't have incentive to stay to look up, you know, relatives. Right. Or, or, it was know. the end of her. She it, could not pro she, it's the end of her and the end of her generation. Yeah. So, um, and, and she said she was supposed to be back in time for the 11th birthday of her kid. And, and of course that didn't happen 57 yeah. years later. And isn't it, it's like soon, like if she had been found like quicker, I felt I felt like there was a tension there where it was like recent to her being discovered that her daughter died. Do you remember that? How mm. soon it was? No. Oh, I felt like because she had lived, you know, it was like a year or two or something that she had died. I don't know. I just felt like that added like to say that it was, it, you know, it's like oh, well, just yeah, so it, close, but so far that kind I mean, of. She said she was thing. supposed to be back in time for the 11th birthday. Then you flash forward 57 years and it says that she died six at the age of 66. That must, that death must've been pretty damn recent. Yeah. 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 So it just adds this whole other, like horrifying, like horrible. It's like experience. you just missed her. Had you, had yeah. you come a, a month earlier, <laughs> you could have seen her off. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible, but you know, it just like adds that. So I don't, and it does it because you have then you, have newt who's lost her whole family so she's this motherless child and then ripley has lost her daughter so you know daughterless it it just it creates it further makes that the bond of her wanting so badly to take care of newt yeah the stakes are so i do think that's an unfortunate omission that i i forgot was totally taken out i thought that there was some remnant of that story in in the director's cut so that kind of surprised me you know what i'm fine with it uh (laughs) Oh, as right. someone who as someone who's only seen this theatrical version, I get why it was cut because it the movie can still function without it. Like it it would have changed the it would have yeah. changed the stakes for sure, but I feel it's not like when we watch the director's cut of um Cabal, like right, of, right. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't it's not playing with it in that way. Like this mm. one is just like there's like 30 minutes of exposition that is, you know, deemed unnecessary. Daniel, you were talking about how there's a, there's a scene that gets cut where she learns Hicks's first name. Yeah. That, that, I think that was pretty much just a pace killer. They wanted to kind of like form, uh, I think they wanted to kind of establish the, uh, the, the, the chance, I guess, for a relationship or something more. Beyond they were trying this. to ship them as yes. the kids, <laughs> as the kids say, as the kids say, yes, yeah. uh, some shipping was happening for sure. Um, but yeah, it was towards the end, like I said, where she was uh, ready to, you know, run and gun and, and go kick ass and go find Newt. Uh, and then it just, the brakes get put on, uh, on the pace of the film just to stop and have a little uh, back and forth uh, ex- a name exchange, basically. That's all it was, hmm. you know, and, and just Hicks telling her, don't be gone long, you know, but uh, that's, that's about yeah. it. It really didn't need to be in there. And if any, if there were any, any part of the director's cut that needed to be cut, I'd say that part. Yeah. Just crush the, crush the pace. I mean, I guess you're right. If you, um, just to go back a little bit, um, with the omitting her daughter thing, you know, I mean, I guess it, it makes sense that, 
she doesn't need that excuse to want to save people or want to help. You know, well, because she's she's uh, she immediately the bond is created not because of any maternal instinct, but because she knows what it's like to be the only one left and to have bear born witness to everyone you know. Like right. being slaughtered. So there. So your interpretation is they're meeting on an equal. They're meeting on an equal playing yeah. field. Um, Newt having experienced like a significant, uh, uh, like in numbers, but also in attachments, more significant right. loss than Ripley did. Um, it's and and experiencing all of that. Like so, you know, mm-hmm. instead of so, yeah, there would be different stakes, and it'd be. It, it more layers if you add the the idea of the mother aspect but it's kind of nice to know that it's kind of nice to have a female protagonist final girl that is you know expressing ex- expressing mother like maternal quote-unquote maternal um tendencies but in my reading of this it's just like because she knows what it's like she just knows right. what it's like to have to survive. to survive and and the and you know the fact that this girl basically survived for much longer than any like anyone because she was able to she's just been running and hiding the entire time so she yeah. gets that it's and a good point that she herself is a survivor exactly yeah. that she herself is a survivor and that is what bonds them together and then you know the added benefit is that you know they she has nobody and and Ripley has nobody and mm. because you know of time and space right so yeah. they have they have they can also bond in that way uh but I mean, I, I think like, you know, it works, it works either way. And I think if you, I wouldn't hesitate to watch like the director's cut, you know, later, just to see how it it is and see how, um, see what that does. But again, like I thought that it was perfectly fine without it. Yeah. Well, I think there's a little flash of that too, like in alien, um, when she wants to keep them locked out. Like, you know, because it's like, you're oh, going to yeah. bring this here and infect all of us and and hurt all of us rather than just keeping quarantined outside. So it's like, I do think that she has that sort of protective nature. You know, it's not completely out of self-interest it, to some extent. Well, self-interest in the sense that, she, you know, she, it's self-preservation right. on a very base level, but it's also like, you've now killed everybody. Like, yeah. is what she's like, you know, you, we're now all dead. <laughs> so I think just hints a little bit at that, 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 that that's there. Yeah. You know? The take that I got from that yeah. actually was, um, she's, she's kind of fresh, uh, to, to being a warrant officer. This is kind of a, a newish job for her and she's mm-hmm. still kind of by the book and by the numbers and the rule book says, you know, 24 hours before I let anything in mm-hmm. has to clear quarantine. I think she was sticking to the, to the book. And it even says, you know, uh, even if your captain orders you to no, this 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 must be followed and yeah, um, that's a great read too. And yeah, uh, yeah. basically, that's that's where she was coming from. I don't, I didn't get a, a, a protective vibe um, from her so much. Just as just like this is my job, yeah. uh, this is what I was t- tasked to do, and the rule book says you know, and that's kind of been bolstered yeah. by like when they were ready to go and and or they were pretty much ready to go. Repairs weren't completed. She wanted to wait till everything right. was done. And Dallas is like, let's get the fuck off this this rock. Yeah. No, um, that, yeah, that's true. So uh, that's that's what I that that was my angle from that. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. It just was something that I was thinking of when we were watching because I kept thinking of that scene where it's just like you're gonna you know bring this thing aboard. And but that makes sense as well. <laughs> more more so. Yeah. That she's just you know. Nope. 
<laughs> by the book. Yeah, my rule book says, uh, right. no, yeah, he, you can't come in. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you enjoyed? I did. Joe? I did. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, I mean, again, the plural, not the singular. Um, right. That was your, you, that's where you fall. That's where I fall. Well, that's fine. I don't care about the genocide of aliens, right. obviously. Uh, well, yeah, and I wonder, because, oh man, if <laughs> we'd have to do like 16 episodes on aliens to like satisfy all the different people who have like requested to come on and talk about aliens. <laughs> you know, it's like, it is, it is a, but I was like, it's we, endearing I was to like, so we can't, many. We can't have anyone else on with before Daniel like it has to be just because like the very fact that when we were watching aliens um you were sitting there and like quoting things and I'm just like it it's still to this day even though I have been you know had this education of horror and and how much uh you know people love their particular horror films and can quote them and even um <laughs> even Joshua like quoting horror films left and right it's like to me it's just like i can't imagine that but then again like i quote like mrs doubtfire and clueless and mean <laughs> girls like i like those are the things that i have those types of connections with that i put on on a rainy day you know not hereditary um <laughs> and so it's just to me to me it's just it uh it it's always uh interesting when you have someone who is such a fan and like you know is in the extended universe type of fan like mm-hmm. those like the fans of star wars who read the books and are in the extended universe and the comics and, and, the comics yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, everything that comes so to have that it's just it i was just like no we need to get like we need to do we need to have someone who like knows things um <laughs> who knows things and so and speaking of that so dan you also saw memory Mm-hmm. Correct. The origin of aliens. Yes. Yes. The new documentary. Yes. Out. And um, the, the the quickest synopsis for that is just it's it's more about uh, the writer uh, Dan O'Bannon, his concept for Alien, um, and how he wanted to bring it to life, and uh, the the name of the, the, the title of the, of the documentary memory stems from his, I believe it was his original draft of alien. The first like 30 some odd pages that he wrote, uh, was originally titled alien or I'm mean, sorry, memory. Um, because I think, I believe uh, the premise was, uh, the alien that they encounter, uh, was responsible for like taking their memories, like would affect their memories in some form or fashion. And in so hmm. doing, or along the way, I guess maybe killing them off. Um, I'd have to watch the documentary again to get the, the deets on that. But anyway, uh, um, that was that was how that that came to be, and then, uh, it, but it was basically the inception of Alien, uh, how Dan O'Bannon wanted it uh, to brought it to the screen um, with the help of Ron Chassette. and uh, and then uh, originally it was looking to be the, it was going to be a, a Roger Corman film. Um, yeah, because <laughs> uh, because uh, O'Bannon could not find anybody any big name company to pick up the script and huh. um, or the, the or the premise, and so he went to Corman because I guess they had worked on something prior, if I recall. And Corman said, "I'll do it, but I really think you should take this to uh, you know a company that can really back this with some money and, and yeah. make it proper. Because um, if I if you do it with me, you're not going to get a big budget." So, yeah. um, I, I, I thought that was really cool that he, he, he kind of did that, um, said that this is an important film and you should really put it, put it before some people that can really do something with it. Huh. Um, so, uh, um, 
and then uh, so eventually this company called Brandywine, uh, the production company, picked up the, the script. And uh, then they got the backing through Fox. They brought it to yeah. Fox again. Because they went to Fox before and Fox said no. And then they brought it back to Fox uh, with, with uh, a production company behind it. And then Fox said, okay, sure. And uh, it started off with a meager budget. Um, but then when they saw who they were getting, uh, who they were bringing on, like they brought Ridley Scott on, um, then their, the budget doubled. Um, wow. And, uh, wow. And they were able to, to make the film. But yeah, um, and so, uh, memory is uh, a breakdown of that. It also covers uh, how the alien was conceived, how the facehugger was conceived, and the chestburster. Even all of that. Um, quite an interesting uh, background. I've I've even taken notes. Um, so, like uh, points of inspiration. Uh, the, I mean, that was pretty much covered when we went to see. Uh, uh, you know, I think uh, the, the after show or the after. Uh, blurb that was after the movie that uh, Thing from Another World yeah. that movie was an inspiration Planet of the Vampires uh, I think Queen of Blood by Roger Corman if I recall correctly um, was uh, also a direct uh, uh, point, point of influence yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, artwork by uh, Francis Bacon um, inspired uh, the, the Chestburster uh, we came to find um I believe it was called. Actually, I think I called have the read Fury. that. Yeah, the Fury. I think I've read that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's it's a real interesting uh, piece on just on how it all came to be, um, and it focuses solely on Alien. Yes. Oh, okay. Very yeah, cool. it doesn't go into the other movies because um, this was all just it, like I said, it was mostly about Dan O'Bannon and uh, and and H.R. Giger, um, but mostly O'Bannon and Shuset. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, is Sigourney involved nope. or no? Okay. Uh, they did not get Sigourney uh, to to offer any uh, testimony or, or, or talking. She, head, yeah, she's yeah. talking. Yeah, she 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 did not interview. It was just Tom Skerritt and uh, Veronica Cartwright. So that's how I know Tom Skerritt's still alive. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love Veronica Cartwright in this movie. Yeah, um. she's she's also a, a hoot to listen to. Um, she always refers to the chest burster as this as this big penis. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I was like, it's pretty phallic. Oh yeah. no, that's intentional. All oh, of what yeah. you yeah. saw in that uh, the the from the the vaginal openings of the derelict ship. To, I was just, yeah, I was just gonna bring that to, up to uh, the the phallic appearance of the alien. You know, the head long long elongated head kind of looks like a penis. If you yeah. look at the uh, the, uh, the they call it the space jockey. It was the pilot in the derelict mm-hmm. ship. The thing that he sits in, it's got that long shaft type thing that looks yeah. very phallic. Yeah, so it's that's very much in Geeker. He's very erotic, very Geeker. Yeah, and actually, if you look at some of the original concept drawings, they had they pulled back. <laughs> you know, like it, it's like you see all that phallic stuff. If you see like some of his original, it's even more so. Like because even the egg opened that it didn't open the four way split. It opened. It had a slit, so it yeah. looked very, very, very vaginal in his original conception of it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it was, I may be wrong, but I think it was the Brandywine production company that first took a look at Giger's work when, when Alien was coming about, and they said, hell no, this guy's, this guy's too too much for us, it's not what we want. Scale it back, scale it back. Basically, so they, they 86'd Giger, they fired him, and then... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, they, he got fired, but then when, when Ridley came on, and uh, they were looking into the design of the Alien again, uh, I think it was O'Bannon that showed uh, Ridley uh, the, the works of Giger, and Ridley's like, Yes, this is our alien. When he saw Necronome Four, absolutely, this is our alien. Yeah. So. See, because I, I, and I, I'd like to see. I, I want to watch the documentary to 
hear more about that because I had always read that they just happened to be somewhere and saw that painting and was, was like, yes, no, oh you're right. Oh, okay. they, that the, O'Bannon, that's how O'Bannon became okay, aware that's how of he, Giger's okay, artwork. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once he knew of Giger, he he brought Giger on. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I love how like those sorts of things happen. Cause it's like, I can imagine, you know, what it would look like. I mean, it's just so influential, like Giger's work uh, uh, in that film. And then the later films and what it went on to inspire other people to do. That, that really is something to talk about. I mean, if you, if you think about all the, the creatures that have followed mm-hmm. in, in all the various creature horror films, you know, a lot of them bear similarities in some yeah. form or fashion to, you know, the alien, the xenomorph. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very iconic. It's set a, it's set a gold bar standard that I don't think anybody's been ever, ever been, ever been able to beat. I can't think of a cinema creature that can outdo it. Yeah, in, t- in terms in of terms originality, of, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and design, design, and yeah, the way yeah, that, yeah. yeah, and the way it functions, mm-hmm. it's it is, it's beautiful. And again, it's just a dude in a suit, you know. And they, but it's just so perfect. I, I don't know. There's just something so beautiful and sinister and weird, yeah. <laughs> even though it is at the end of the day like a man. <laughs> and I, as much as I, I love the Alien Queen and think that's my favorite movie monster mm-hmm. of all time, uh, you know the Xenomorph from the first movie was the one that that brought it, brought yeah. that to be. You know, and interestingly enough, um, James Cameron was the one who designed the Queen. It was, oh. it, it was his artwork that he created the Queen with the help of uh, Stan Winston, uh, the, the creature effects guy. Um, they collaborated, but ultimately it was Cameron's design of the queen. And then, uh, Giger took a look at it and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she's very, very effective. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just real quick was trying to think, uh, I wanted to just talk a little bit about the other, um, sequels just your opinion on them (laughs) well it's kind of funny because again like i actually really i always really want to love three because i because again it brings us back to that like one place you know very hitchcock i like the dynamic it sets up of her being of, of ripley being on this like planet of men of violent men of criminals who are you know over being overseen by this like I don't know, he's, he's, he's like a cult leader, you know, like this radical fundamentalist trying to give them a new faith. I don't yeah. know, there's just, it has all these like really awesome elements that I feel like I always, when I watch it, I just <laughs> tend to gloss over. It, so. it, it has interesting <laughs> concepts for sure. Yeah. And, and I think, all right, I think my negative feelings toward Alien 3 stem from a place of, this was not the story I wanted told. Ah. That doesn't necessarily suggest it's a bad story. It's just, it's not the story I wanted told. So what did I, you think they would follow up? Um, I kind of wanted something else that would have kept um, Hicks, spoiler alert guys, um, Hicks and, uh, Newt. and Newt alive. Um, I would have liked to have seen Ripley make it back to Earth. Um, you know... When uh, when they were talking about what to do, when when the concept, you know, after the success of Aliens, they were talking about, well, God, we need to make a sequel again. Uh, what are we going to do? Um, you know, a lot of scripts rolled in for that for Alien Three, and um, you know, a lot. Uh, one of them that they were looking at involved, I believe, uh, one of the one of the people said it involved uh, twenty alien queens fighting twenty power loaders, and they said for that kind of uh, epic fight, it would have cost way too much money to pull yeah. off, and 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 that probably would have been a, a cheesy 
mess anyway. Very derivative, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Very then, MCU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Avengers Assemble, right? Well, okay, but, but I mean, because the, the, the alien to aliens transition is, is very jarring, you know, because usually a, a sequel to a film just tries to remake what mm-hmm. was successful about the first one. And they, they, that's not at all the case, I feel, in Aliens. So that makes sense that the initial gut, you know, reaction would be to let's do what's great about aliens bigger. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so they, but then they, they dialed it back and they wanted to go with, uh, back to the roots of alien, the, the claustrophobic feel and yeah. the, the, the nuanced horror for sure. Um, but, uh, the concept that they came up with initially was just, I was looking at that shaking my head. Like it was going to be, it was going to take place on a, on a planetoid made of wood and it was yeah. going to be run by monks. <laughs> That's not, right. Not, That's, not prisoners. Yeah. It wasn't going to be a prison planet. It was going to be a mon, basically a space-born monastery. Um, and it just, I, I shook my head at that, and I'm like, I'm so glad that that didn't come to pass. But uh, what came came in its place is okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. You know, Alien Three is is an all right film. I definitely recommend you seeing the director's cut. Um, yeah. You'll get a, a better appreciation. Uh, they do a little deeper dive into some things. Um, but ultimately, it just it didn't it didn't pay off for me the way I wanted it to. It's like a planet full of monks, though. That's kind of interesting too, because there's so much you could play with there, with like God and you know aliens and what is and is not intelligent life. I don't know. Oh, I, I we're think gonna there, go back to the the save the aliens. They have a right to. Well, listen. no, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. That's kind of an interesting story that they could. I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to have They're seen God's that film. Joshua's an alien <laughs> right to life. What I'm a hard, you know, and I, I'm a hardcore atheist. So it, I mean, yeah. it's, it adds a whole other bizarre. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I it's totally just it's it. just the truth. I'm just trying to be honest with my truth here on the uh, <laughs> on the on the show. But but Alien Three, I think uh, a lot of things I do appreciate about it. I know where I know the direction that they were looking to go with. They wanted Ripley to have they were they were looking to end the, the make it a trilogy and end it. Yeah, because isn't that why she signed up? She said, "I'll do it," but this is it. <laughs> but we're done. Yeah. yeah. And so they the reason behind killing off uh, Newton Hicks was to basically create a sense of so much loss that she has yeah. nothing to live for now. Yeah. And it's it kind of like, and all she has left is 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 this relationship with this nemesis that's haunted her for a better chunk of her time. You know, yeah. of her life. Um. And she even says that in Alien 3. She's like, you've been with me so long, I don't know anything else, or I can't remember anything else. Um, yeah. and, uh, and then when she finds out that she has one inside her, spoiler alert again. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's 92, like, folks. So it's, yeah, sorry it, about it. <laughs> catch up. Um, so she, yeah, she basically feels like, you know, I guess there's probably some sort of like uh, poetic acceptance on her, on her part. It's like, yeah, she has nothing to live for. So she, the best thing that she can do her legacy is to make sure that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Doesn't happen she's going to, she's going to go out by sticking it to the man's like, you can't have this. You, you're yeah. trying so hard to get it. I'm going to deprive you of this. You know, this is my, my gift to you basically. Yeah. And she, she hurls herself off a, off of a platform into molten, molten uh, lead. So, <laughs> And then resurrection. And then resurrection. <laughs> and that's all, folks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. Uh, good night, everybody. We're done. <laughs> Again, I mean, it's just uh, interesting concepts, but it just goes <laughs> everywhere and nowhere. Um, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate and I like the concept of the of of you know, uh, Ripley being a, a hybrid alien of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that that had to have been a fun uh, challenge for Sigourney Weaver to play, and I think that was the allure of getting her back in. Of course, throwing more yeah. money at her, but and Winona Ryder is in it, right? Winona Ryder is it. She's she's the resident android of of that one. She's, That's right. Yeah, and there was like a, a real uh, there was an interesting story with her, if I recall. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but um, yeah. in that. I know. Um, she was part. She was an android that I guess was like part of some resistance cell that was like trying to prevent the company from from doing what they yeah, were doing about something. aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's why she was on board the Betty um, as kind of like a an insurgent, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel that 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 seems, never really got fleshed out. Yeah. It was touched on briefly, like towards yeah. the end, and a little and a little bit of dialogue between her and Sigourney, and and then that was it. Yeah, I don't think because I've <clears throat> upgraded. Um, I, right now, I have the the Blu-ray set, not mm-hmm. the not the fortieth anniversary for Aliens, but mm-hmm. the one that came out. I think it was for thirtieth. Mm-hmm. I think it was the thirtieth anniversary collection. It's Blu-ray. Um, but before that, I had the Quadrilogy. Yeah, I you know, the Quadrilogy yeah, um, DVD set. Mm-hmm. And before that, I think there was like a VHS set that I may have had. But I don't think I ever have bothered to take out the alien resurrection discs out, out of any of this <laughs> like i've never actually watched them it's been so long I, I did i've only I, seen it when it came out <laughs> i did when i first got the the anthology set just to see the director's cut of uh, oh, okay. resurrection because i didn't know there was a director's cut of, of res and i don't even remember if it enhanced the movie at all i remember that part you talked about about the bug in the beginning yeah i remember that extreme close-up and then it pulls out right. it's not it's and just a that's insane. about all i remember of the director's yeah. cut of that movie so i would huh. need to watch it again and it's kind of been in the back of my mind to just check out for shits and giggles um maybe i should now that we talked about it yeah. sorry i was looking up uh who was in uh alien resurrection and uh kind of surprised you haven't broken it out because uh ron perlman's in it no, yeah i know but <clears throat> i know can't help uh, it, I mean, it's got Sigourney Weaver and Winona Ryder in it, and they can't help. So Ron is really not going to help. It Even, had Joss Whedon writing it, and right. he couldn't help. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know, uh, uh, you know, I was going to say final thoughts, but I don't want to take that away from you, Joshua. Our stu- no, we theory. can write. Yeah, uh, we could do uh, final thoughts. Uh, so I want to know. We've what, been here for three hours talking. No, I, I want to know <laughs> what you think of Prometheus and Covenant. Okay. Um,. So we have to understand the context of which... Uh, oh, we have to understand. Well, <laughs> he started there. There we go. Of which Prometheus was... Why it was made. May, uh, let's... I mean, Ridley Scott wanted to Needs make Prometheus. a check. <laughs> I, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. You're, not, sorry. you're not sorry. Wrong. Yeah, okay. Um, but, but let's just... <laughs> <laughs> he's so not he, gonna hear this it's he fine wanted, i know he wanted to create a story that was set in the alien universe but he didn't want it to be about alien he just like wanted to kind of like maybe set the table f- to make people understand um why the company knew about the derelict ship about the engineers yeah. and so on and then after that he wanted to tell his own story he had a story to tell and, and a message he wanted to convey but it didn't resonate with the audience and me being one of them um just and, why didn't you just make an alien story, right? So that's what the that's what the outcry was in the aftermath. Why where's my aliens? Where, where, and that's what I want. I want to see the alien. Why? why well, it was such a cock tease. It yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. we're gonna revisit the <laughs> the planet and and give all this backstory, of, you know. And then it it was like, what the fuck was that? Because then it wasn't even on like the planet. It's no. like she's crash landing on that one. It was weird. No, it wasn't even the planet. This was yeah. a completely different planet. Yeah, was it was just really and, annoying. And, um, and 
let's talk about actual the actual story. I mean, the characters, I didn't give a shit about a single one of the characters that were in the movie. You know, not even the main character, but Nomi Rapace's role. I, I, I like her so I like much, her, yeah. but I didn't care about her character. Yeah. I certainly didn't care about uh, anyone else. Um, there were a lot of st- stupid... Mm-hmm. supposedly they were supposed to be smart people like yeah, scientists and whatnot, but they were shit. not, they did stupid shit on that yeah. in that movie. Yeah. That guy like uh, going around and just like, what he gets a thing in his ear or whatever it is. It's yeah. like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? You're supposed we're to talking be about like, Prometheus still, right? Still about Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's just like wandering about eating random things. He finds, it feels that way. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, the, like the, oh, let's see what happens. The, like, uh, the exobiologist <laughs> that, that gets a little too friendly with a, a weird ass creature. Yeah, you know? And just, it, wasn't he like originally scared of everything? Like he didn't want to do any of this. And, and yet he's like, Oh look, little creature, you're fun. And then it like breaks his arm and then invades him and shit. And yeah. Just, it, yeah. It's insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it makes no sense. Um, and then you know the end, uh, the the you know Charlize Theron getting getting squished by the ship as it rolled on top of her. It's like zigzag, bitch. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. out of the just way. Um, start running left or right. Seriously, Choose. it yeah. was just it, a lot of that movie didn't make any sense. But anyway, like I said, um, it was meant to set the table for a movie set in that universe, but not necessarily be about Alien. But then when the public outcry was, I want aliens. Mm. Then he's like, okay, assholes, I'll make you Covenant and I'll give you aliens. And so he did. And that uh, just didn't execute well either, I felt. Um, I didn't like how, I guess this was supposed to be the aliens origin story, how they came to be through, I, the, in, through the engineering of David. Is that, right. is that how it was? <laughs> that, that, that's bullshit to me. It's, again, it's not the story I wanted. So this right. is why I'm poo-pooing it. Right. Yeah. Um, I've always envisioned the aliens to be of, uh, not, nothing that something that was not engineered so much as it was there. They were creatures like anything else. Yeah. Like there's a home world out there of them, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, it looks like the engineers, or I guess through David created the alien, the xenomorph in this. That's why we have what we have. And I'm like, yeah, these sound like multi-million dollar mistakes. It was just strange, and it was terrible to go to it and see because you know we went with like a group of people, and I'm sitting there, you know, it's Ridley Scott, and you think, okay, come on, dude, like yeah. there was such an outcry, and like people were like, what the fuck? That I mean, it's like you really thought that he would have, and then you're sitting there watching, you're like, oh, it's bad, it's bad, but I don't want to, I don't want to say it's bad, but it's bad, this is bad, it's bad, <laughs> never has been or been, we're all ready to get out of here. This is awful. <laughs> We paid. We paid money, so we got to stay. <laughs> so true. I was just. It was. It was very. It was very disappointing. Even though visually, I like some of the the stuff. Oh. The neomorph was neat, and some even in really it, is Prometheus the one where she gives herself like an abortion, mm-hmm. like cuts. I mean, it is incredible. Like some of the 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 stuff that goes on it. I'm like, wow, these are very intense scenes in the middle of like what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> what the, is happening? The cinematography, the effects, yeah, uh, the sound, even the music, the score, yeah. Beautiful. The story was just wrong and not uh, yeah. hot mess both ways. You know, Prometheus <sighs> and Covenant. It's a huge franchise. That's the thing, you know, and it exists now. Obviously, forty years and same thing. It's much like Star Wars and Star Trek and those sorts of universes. They've got comics and they've got novels and they've got toys and they've got television. You know, or yeah. no? Does is there? An, there's not a alien television series, is there? No, no, there is. But regardless, there's all these films, and then it gets extended even farther with the Alien versus Predator. You know, yeah. bringing that whole world in another together. poorly executed series. <laughs> yeah, so it's just you know, there's it's hard to satisfy everybody, and 
Yeah, that's know. that's the thing. And then it felt like purposefully. <laughs> like, we're purposely not going to do anything to make oh, anybody I felt, happy. <laughs> I felt Covenant was Ridley Scott thumbing his nose at, at yeah. us, the fans. Just like, you wanted aliens, here's your fucking aliens. Yeah. You know, I'm, And then what really pisses me off is that he knows full well that Prometheus and Covenant have not done well. And he, has, uh, he still has a... Uh, I guess a, pri- a proprietary chokehold on mm-hmm. the franchise that he is not letting go of. Yeah. Um, Cause I, did you hear about um, uh, what's his name? Blumkamp, Neil Blumkamp yeah. wanting I was to take just the about reins. To ask, yeah. So I don't know if you heard anything about it, Joe, but um, uh, Blum, Neil Blumkamp who brought us, you know, district uh, nine, district nine yep. and um, uh, chap. No Chappie. Oh, Chappie. yes. Did Chappie. And that other one with uh, Jody Foster who sported all those accents at random. Um, Elysium. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, he uh, he was going to take the reins, and he had an interesting concept, and he was basically going to create a story that basically took place not long after Aliens, but in such a way that Alien Three and Resurrection never happen. Yeah. So he was basically taking a dump on on those two movies, and I was okay with it. <laughs> not well, even Sigourney Weaver, I guess, was okay. Yeah, with she. It. I, I she, heard that she would come back. You're right. Um, she wanted. She wanted to be. She was intrigued. She was interested in the story, and she thought Blumkamp was going to do something good with it. Yeah. Because that um, artwork leaked, yeah, that was fantastic. Well, he, I think there was there was uh, some some pinning of script that was going to happen yeah. too. Um, but really, Scott's not on board. Scott. With well, the thing is, okay, so the the, the official story out to the public is, um, I think it was about the time Covenant was rolling out, or was it Prometheus? Oh, I think it was Covenant. Um, was rolling out and and so Blumkamp didn't want to create this story and have it cross swords with with uh, whatever story Ridley was trying to tell with his uh, little his little series. Yeah. So he backed off, and then like I said, uh, Scott came in with his chokehold on the franchise, and so now basically um, uh, Blumkamp had to to shit can the whole thing, and so yeah. it's not going to happen. Which is really unfortunate. Unfortunate, because it would have had Newt back. It would have had um, um, Hicks back. Uh, and it's funny, um, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, uh, Michael Bean Hicks, uh, he was so hurt of that he died, that he was killed off in Alien 3. He really wanted to stay on. Um, and uh, uh, this this Blumkamp story certainly would have had him come back, and he was all for it, too, so he was definitely on board. Yeah. Ugh, that would have been so cool. It would have been. Wow. Uh, wow. Well, how fun. This was great. Yeah, this the, was the, really the movie good movie to see to see Alien on the big screen, amazing. And I would love to be able to see Aliens on the big screen. I kind of did when uh, there was like this little uh, um, art place on on El Cajon Boulevard. I can't remember the name of it. It's Digital like a, Gym. Digital, Digital Gym. Yeah. Thank you. They did a screening of Aliens um, about I don't know three, four, five months ago, and I went to see that. It wasn't quite the full you know yeah. cinema big screen, but it was bigger than your your average television. So I got close, but it's still it's still a bucket list item for me to see Aliens on the big screen. Yeah, and I probably would. I would go and see that. You know, even given you know that it, it it's definitely it's not. I'm firmly in Camp Alien. <laughs> over aliens but For i think sure. it would be fun to experience in the theater um you know especially a, a remastered you know and with the sound and all like it was today with alien was i mean it was such a cool experience so it would be it would be a lot of fun because i never i never saw it that way i mean we we saw it on tv i, I probably saw it on tv first probably not even like an unedited vhs until later right right right. i probably saw it first when it was like on just basic television being shown saturday morning you know or Saturday afternoon at the movies. Channel 19 for you Cincinnati folk. Channel 19. Yeah. Anyways, 
How fun. How cool. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and bringing all of your uh, alien fandom. Oh, yeah. This was super fun. And, uh, you know, this is my actually my first time ever doing a podcast. So you kind of oh really kind of <laughs> broke the podcast cherry for me, I guess. You know, cool. You hear that, Matt Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry you didn't yank me for Disneyto's. Yes. Not bitter or anything. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, again, I, I'm a firm believer that we need to get Brooke and Andrew and Matt out to Disneyland. That's going to be so much fun. And we need to have you give them, like, you, you need to put on your, like, vest and blue pants and shirt and uh, the bow tie and have them give them the 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 Disney Pass, uh, annual pass holder experience. And basically show them why Disneyland is better than uh, Magic Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to hear about this in the chat. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Whatever. Joshua's like, I don't no, know this is, Have you been on the Disney-dos? I have not, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. No. Well, I mean, you know, you're a big Disney fan. No, too, no. Why would you say that? No. Oh, I don't know. You seem like you would be. No, I've... I've... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I thought you was okay, that whatever. a read? We could catch up afterwards, but for some reason, I thought you'd we, be interested. We, we in went that. to Disneyland that one time. <laughs> we, oh my god, I went to Disneyland with with uh, Justine and Daniel. It was Justine's last time going to Disneyland. Uh, was that her uh, last time? Uh, well, it was like it. either her second to last, but it was one of her last times. Yeah, for sure. And I have to say, like everything was fine, and you yeah. know, we we got there, and then like the moment we like walked through, Daniel was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go and get our fast passes at DCA," and you guys wait here and i was like what the fuck am i into i had a plan i have a plan for everybody you know for those for those who've never been to the parks before i will get you in and out in one day and see all the major attractions so you don't have to do a two-day boom yeah Yeah. and i think what you're thinking about for disneyto's is that i may or may not have a secret crush on andrew and disneyto's so maybe that's it so you're just trying to get in there for that well i mean you know well he's motive he is you've heard it here podcasting is a great relationship yes uh, exactly we know (laughs) this there are many people who listen to this that you know i have met on an app of some sort you know that (laughs) many (laughs) say that to all of them yes there's many of you there's many of so you. So many of you on my, on my, uh, whatever, my blah. Please, all two of you, most likely, but. <sighs> That's amazing. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, Daniel, for coming on and sharing. Thank that you. And, no, this this and, was amazing. Uh, and I love fact checking us on aliens. <laughs> Keeping us sharing. Here. I'm sharing. Yeah. More about the EU of it. And yeah. And yeah. Throwing us some, some no, comments. This was, this is very fun. Yeah. So I love it. And I, I really appreciate this podcast. It's, it's given me a much more in-depth insight on horror. Cause I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I'm not the biggest horror buff, but certainly this has given me some some interesting insight and a willingness to check out more horror. Cool. So doing, yeah, yeah, that's what we love to hear, that's right? What we like. Yeah, because yes. like I was kind of like strictly creature horror in, yep. in the past, and now I'm kind of expanding the world now because of this podcast. And you guys are just damn entertaining to listen to. So, oh, well, we thank we thank you for that. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, any listener out there who is who is not too sure? There you go. We're damn entertaining. Let's put that on the rest on our on our uh, on our next business. Cards. <laughs> yes. All right, Joe. Well, again, much love to you. Hope that everybody is having a great Halloween season. Um, and like, wait, subscribe. All of that yes. <laughs> five stars. Five stars. Like yes. I'm an Uber driver who got you where you wanted to actually go. I gave my five stars. What the fuck you doing? Yeah. All right, Joe. Good night. Good night. Good night. 
Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Geekscape Network. 